0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast, created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: And welcome to the
2: Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hello and welcome to 3CR's Radioactive Show. The show is produced on the lands of Naitahu, Tāhu, Ngāti Māmui and Waitaha, for 3CR, which is located on Wanchari, Woiwurrung lands. I pay my respects to elders past and present from across these sovereign nations, who hold the true authority on their own country, and whose right to self-determination continues to this day. The Radioactive Show is distributed across so-called Australia on the Community Radio Network, and brought to you with the financial support of the Nuclear Free Collective at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. My name is AC. In today's show, we're back on the streets of Ōtōtahi Christchurch, where earlier this month protesters staged an unwelcome party for attendees of the New Zealand Aerospace Summit. Are the main sponsors of this,
3: summit. this is a weapon summit. This is the militarisation Century, and customary <laughs> use of their environment such as fishing.
2: Protesters point out that the summit, sponsored by the world's largest weapons manufacturer, Lockheed Martin, and attended by a number of companies involved in the military industry, is a weapons expo by another name. One such company is Rocket Lab, a US company that has set up a launch site on the Mahia Peninsula, on the eastern coast of Te Ika a Maui, a.k.a. the North Island of Aotearoa. Rocket Lab made a number of promises to local tangata whenua, Rongomai Wahine, including a commitment that the site wouldn't be used for military purposes. Since then, they've launched satellites for US military agencies and a number of military clients. Putimoa of Rongomai Wahine explains their experience of Rocket Lab establishing a launch site on their lands.
1: nō <laughs> Ahau, nō no te mahi ahau, te ko mama, uh, nō no pētane me tuahui um, tōku papa. Um, yeah, we have a, we've had a lot of growing concerns over the time um, Rocket Lab actually put the proposal on the table out here in Mahia, which is going back about six, maybe yeah, six or seven years ago. I just can't keep up with the time. Um there was a hui that was held because the, the Rocket Lab's sitting on Māori-owned land as the proposal that they're doing over in Naitahu area as well. When it was first put out, we held the hui. Uh, what had happened was it was asked if any of the whānau would support a new company coming out for economic growth and it was suggested Rocket Lab, and at the time, they they gave an example of the actual size of what the Rocket Lab would be sitting on, which was about one metre by two metres. So questions were asked about setting up Rocket Lab. The first one was military. That was one of the main concerns our people had, was would there be any military involved? Would NASA be involved? And the answer was no because Peter Beck was the sole owner at the time. And then after after that question, the other questions was access, would whānau still have access to the lands? We were told yes. Also um, employment, that's what was the carrot that was dangling, was offering employment and sponsorships to our community, which did happen at the beginning. It did happen at the beginning we had um we had our local pub who offered catering they no longer do it they've been replaced we had our lo- one of our local cafes which is right here on the peninsula itself it's been renamed the relabeled rocket cafe they no longer do a service for rocket lab they did at the beginning so they've been replaced we also had whānau who had tickets to go there and do engineering, electricians, plumbers, whatever employment was available. They offered that to the local people. It was done. No longer they've been replaced. Also on the um, ocean, we had people do the security zone who are our own fishermen. They've been replaced. Everyone's being replaced with other people and smaller amounts of staff. And now we still have a security team that's on there. They're part of the Rocket Lab support system, I would say, and just just to keep um, people out from that area. But two years ago, we had a protest, just a little protest out here at May, just to put out the awareness, because, you know, everyone goes to sleep for a while, and then everyone's talking about, my Wi-Fi didn't go, It's it's playing up. So we all just brought it together to think that it's possibly an impact. It's getting affected from the rocket lab testing as well as the launching. And that has been happening. It still happens today. Um, our local shop, our local garage, which is about, oh, it's the, our local garage is in another village just before you come onto the peninsula. And um, their post drops every time there's a testing or Rocket Lab are launching. So they could test or they could launch. It affects the technology that we have out here. It did the same like um, like when we had the cyclone, everyone got affected. The funny thing is, with the high technology that Rocket Lab is supposed to have, which they had told us all from the beginning before they even built here, was that um, we would actually get a faster Wi-Fi. and. Um, better technology. But those things haven't happened for us as of yet. The issues that we still have here is that they have now three launch pads here, I think it is. Yeah, three launch pads, I think it is. So um, those are great concerns, eh? Like with the um, cyclone we just had, the impact of the cyclone on itself um, as you come along, te uriti, but we call it, we call it te ureti, but it's black speech to come along to the peninsula. It's just slipping, just continuous slipping. But um, the funny thing is when, um, when the cyclone happened, the roads are getting fixed up a lot quicker. Just where that slip is. We have a lot of slips all around the peninsula that were here before the cyclone which don't get fixed up. However, some time ago, Rocket Leberg issued so many millions of dollars from the government to help with the roading for over at that side, over at Taupata Ununui, which is on the point of the peninsula. There's an island there. I was listening to a corridor earlier about what's going on in South Island. We have the same here, right? We have a sanctuary on the island which has the birds, the shore plover birds. They've been here for like almost 20-something years now. So we took that in consideration also as about what would that do? What would the launching of the rockets and its pollution, if there's any pollution, do to the birds over on the island, which is just across from where the launch pad is? Well, they said nothing would happen. We don't know what's happening because we're not allowed in there unless we're going for a hui or we can go down there and visit our old uh, the burial grounds and it's just the typical way of doing it though you have to ask the trust which is our whanau our whanau do have access now and all they need to do is go through our trust and then the whanau trust go through the farm and then allow whanau to go and have access however at the same time there are our own commercial fishermen out here when there are launches, they have a zoning time. It used to be 10-day window. Um, I don't know. They may have shortened it now. But so what would happen is our fishermen couldn't go out there and get their kai, get their quota. Our whānau couldn't go and get quota if we had a tangi because of these zonings. So we've been restricted of those things. Like if we were to have a funeral and someone was to go there and get buried and it was during the launch time, that launch thing will come before us. Well, rocket labor rolling. Uh, well, anyway, I'll get back to when we went to we went to the actual block of land two years ago to do our protest, and because the road there is public all the way, it's public road right to the wall shed on the land. So when we went to get there, one of our farmers said, "Well, this is public road." The farmer turned up. The wife, farmer's wife, turned up and says. Oh, you can't come in here because this was the day of a launch, right? But we thought we'd be cheeky and just go in there and do it. It worked. We did. So we went in. One of our smart barn. I said, "Well, this is a public road. We can drive all the way to that wool shed, and we can leave so many hours before you put your zone out. We're only going to be here temporarily." So this is, and then we had one shareholder with us, and we took um, a news reporter with us as well, and. When our cousin went the, sh- the shareholder, when she asked the farmer if we could, um, you know, we're going to come in, the first thing the farm manager's wife said is, "Well, you have to stop there first because I have to ring Rocket Lab." So we have to get permission. So real and realistically, in the real world, the permission has to come from Rocket Lab, not necessarily the trust, not necessarily our whanau trust. Um, those are those are those are major problems that we're having. Also, with the we don't know whether they're doing any environmental testing. I've been hammering our Iwi Trust Board out here, our Rongomai Whaiania Iwi Trust Board, to ask if they can actually ask Rocket Lab, if you know, we could have a what is it, and uh, a private person away from them to do these testing. After three years, three years, three or four years after me badgering at our Runga Mawahini Iwi Trust Board, they have decided, yes, there's great concerns, it's coming from the people, not just myself alone, that they would go and make inquiries about this environmental testing. They got it. Rocket Lab have agreed. But I haven't seen anything from it yet. This is only two months ago. So we're still waiting on those whatever's going to happen there. But our fishermen have been having troubles from the beginning. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know if anything is wrong with our kaimoana out there. Some of the whānau have said they've found discoloured kaimoana, but we don't know where it's coming from. So nothing's really out there for our people, for anyone actually, not even for the public. Um... The jobs they were offered, they no longer exist. There's no more jobs offered to our people, to the local community. And if our people wanted a sponsor or anyone, you have to carry their logo. We have a local school bus. I wish I was on the BAT at the time with the school. And um, the bus was offered by Rocket Lab with their big brand on it. And I live where the bus goes and my mokopuna are not allowed on it. I will not allow them to. But we need some serious help for us out here because everything's too secret squirrel, even between our Iwi Trust Board and the trustees of the land to onenui, is There's a lot of... I heard someone talking about like secret this secret meetings eh? there's probably possibly secret meetings going on i'm not a, i'm not a, well i have heard of one but i'm not really positively sure if it's real two weeks ago i came back from auckland and i was up there i went up to have a look and um well i couldn't get in there's a whole heap of cars that were scooting past us and they were gisborne district council The Gisborne District Council had gone gone past there, had gone past us, there was about five cows, But before then, a couple of days before that, I had spoken to one of the Gisborne District Councillors, and I asked her, because she told me she was coming out here, I said to her, what are you doing, your Gisborne District Council, what are you doing coming into our area? She said, we're going out to Rocket Lab. I said, what are you going out there for? It's not your business. And she said, well, give me some questions I can ask them. So my main one was the environment impact because it affects all of us. So I'm not sure if she actually asked, but Gisborne District Council, all the council have been involved since the very, very first hui they held out here. They had a big, huge hui and all the all the top knots all came to it. Um, the weirdest thing, whānau and the locals weren't invited. Owners went, the owners went away, only some, some were picked, selected. So that's where that went. Um, there's really no division amongst the people out here. The division's really just with maybe a little handful that support Rocket Lab because they believe in growth and economical growth. And I do too, but not if it's going to affect the Penua and others' lives. Maybe not be here, but overseas, like with the military. And we all know that they're sending military payloads. They've admitted it now. It's out. Everyone knows. So what we're we're looking for out here is maybe we need to educate our people a lot more on um, on what effects it's really having. Because we are being affected. It's just that it's not seen. You know, just the little technology stuff. and whatever else they're doing. What they've been doing is looking for other spaces as well out here just for storage. I don't understand it when they've got all the farmland out there that they occupy. So they're looking for storage to store what? I don't know. They went and seen a family member earlier uh, last year sometime to go and see if that person would actually have them go and store store some stuff in their gar in his double garage he supp- he said yes he didn't mind he said they could have one part and then they said they wanted the whole part and if they could actually bring something over he told them no because now that's getting bigger um they got a lot of pull here eh? just said we don't know it they've got the pull with the council and the government we're looking at getting us a lawyer to look deeper into the resource consent Time's been catching up with us. It's just flowing past us and we hadn't been doing any of it. It's only a small group of us that talk with each other then we share it to all the rest of the shareholders and our owners, you know, with our owners and the whānau that live here and some that don't live here. Um, What I found though is like when we give our kōrero to the media um, what, what I've Finding is that when we give our kōrero to the media it gets a little bit twisted and then Rocket Lab would come in and answer with their reply. So has council, they've also given a response too. Rocket Lab were the first people that company ever out here that have had the quickest resource consent. So those are things too that council should be accountable for. When anyone else wants to build a home, it's going to take you a long time. A long time to get your resource consent and a lot of money. It's just a lot of unfairness, eh?
2: That was Moa of Rongamai Wahine speaking about the impacts of Rocket Lab launches on Māori land on Mahia Peninsula in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Moa works with Rocket Lab Monitor and you can follow that group's work holding the company accountable at... Rocketlabmonitor.com. Next, we hear from Edwina Hughes from Peace Movement Aotearoa, who speaks about the broader aerospace industry in Aotearoa.
0: So, to start with, um, let's look at what the aerospace sector includes. It's not only about Rocket Lab, which it appears some, some people, maybe not here, appear to think. So, it ranges from low altitude drones and helicopters to increasing sizes of aircraft to stratospheric and space aircraft and rockets. The images on this slide are from various aerospace companies who are based here in Aotearoa or that are launching from here. The majority are for civilian, not military purposes. And one of these companies, X-Craft, which makes robotic air and sea craft, has specifically ruled out any military involvement in their products, something we'd like to encourage all the rest of them to do. Anyway. So, some of the aerospace activity through all these levels from low altitude to space is beneficial to humanity, but military activity is not. And I'm going to focus on two areas. One is space, so this is in relation to New Zealand's policy, and the other is in relation to airborne autonomous weapon systems. So our position on space can be summarised by these three tags, keep space for peace, no weapons in space, and no militarisation of space. These are based on three areas which I'll briefly explain in relation to New Zealand's commitments. So firstly, the peaceful use of space. New Zealand has stated its commitment to peaceful uses of space frequently, so this commitment is both general as a member of the international community and specifically as a member of the Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space since 2016. Secondly, New Zealand's disarmament humanitarian law and human rights obligations through domestic legislation and international conventions both prohibit a range of weapons, including nuclear, biological and chemical weapons, as well as cluster munitions, landmines and other weapons with inhumane and indiscriminate effects. And there are two obligations related to this. One is not to permit the launch of any of those weapons and obviously not to have any New Zealand companies involved in their production or deployment and secondly not to permit the launch of command control communications or guidance systems that would be used to launch prohibited weapons. New Zealand also has positive binding obligations around humanitarian law not to support or assist prohibited military activity or war crimes, and the same around human rights. Thirdly, New Zealand's disarmament policy, this includes a commitment to, and I quote, show leadership in the development of new rules, norms and standards around the use of outer space, or I might say something that they're failing dismally at, as we'll get to in a minute. Secondly, a commitment to, and I quote, new international law to ban and regulate autonomous weapon systems, also known as killer robots. And it has also recently joined the International Declaration on Strengthening the Protection of Civilians from the Humanitarian Consequences Arising from the Use of Explosive Weapons in Populated Areas, which as that very long title suggests, seeks to limit the use and thus the impact of explosive weapons in populated areas. Okay, so to move to the second part of the aerospace industry that I'm going to focus on, which is autonomous weapon systems or killer robots, as they are generally referred to. Killer robots are weapon systems that are designed to select targets and attack independently without any meaningful level of human control. So essentially death by algorithm is what we call it. New Zealand launched its killer robots policy in November 2021, which, while stronger than some other states' positions, nevertheless has two major flaws. The first is that the key ethical issue around killer robots, which is that life and death decisions must not be operated to machines operating independently on lines of digital code, is not included in the policy as something that must be prohibited. In fact, it was deliberately left out of the policy. The second floor is that it does not include the development of national legislation which again the government has repeatedly refused to support it says until after international agreement is reached so that has at the international level negotiations have been taking uh, going on since 2013 so that may take years if ever to actually achieve that right so in the absence of national legislation new zealand robotics and AI companies and researchers may become involved in the development of autonomous weapon systems. And then that in turn would undermine the possibility of future legislation because of the so-called economic benefits. Um, so this is the final point about our concerns around the developing aerospace industry. Australia, as I'm sure you all know, is currently engaged in a massive militarization push which includes U.S. military aerospace companies partnering with Australian companies. So this is one example, the Ghostbat, an uncrewed teaming aircraft designed to be a force multiplier in support of advanced multi-mission air combat operations, which is the first military aircraft to be designed, manufactured and flown in Australia for more than 50 years. But Australian companies are also involved in this militarisation push as part of AUKUS Pillar 2. Sorry, and it's not only um, Australian companies, it's also universities and researchers. I mean, it's infected the whole of Australian society. And this is all to do with AUKUS Pillar 2, which is, of course, one of the many reasons we don't want New Zealand to join it. So this is um, Defentex, which is this company, have developed these, they call them, drone-40 loitering munitions, which are designed to join tanks, destroy sorry tanks manpower and ammunition depots which it is currently supplying to ukraine and you can see the the little um image of it it's all sort of folded in and then they it's fired from whatever it's um it's fired from a range of different weapon systems and then off it goes and then blows things up um but Defentex is also developing swarm technology whereby artificial intelligence will be used to coordinate swarms Of combat drones. So in the absence of any New Zealand legislation around autonomous weapon systems this is the sort of development that New Zealand companies and researchers may very well get involved in.
2: That was Edwina Hughes from Peace Movement Aotearoa speaking about the increase in military research and manufacturing in Australia as a result of AUKUS Pillar 2 and fears that New Zealand may follow suit. That's it for today You've been listening to The Radioactive Show, produced for 3CR remotely at O Littleton, in Aotearoa, and broadcast across so-called Australia through the community radio network. Thanks to Puti Moore, Edwina Hughes, and all those out on, who are out on the streets protesting the weapons companies at the Aerospace Summit at an Ōtautahi Christchurch. Audio from today's show was taken from a webinar organised by Stop the Space Waste, and I want to thank one of their organisers, Valerie Morse, who hosted the webinar. Today's show and all previous podcasts can be found at 3cr.org.au forward slash radioactive. If you want to get in touch with us, please email on radioactiveshow3 crgmailcom at Thanks for listening and here's to a nuclear-free future and a night sky free of military installations.